Merry Christmas, everyone. Great to be here with you. My name is David, one of the ministers here, and also welcome to those joining us on live stream on this Christmas morning. It's good to have you as well. Uh, now, I want to start by letting you know we're doing a new thing in our house this Christmas. We have an elf called Elphus who has come. Anyone else do the Christmas elf? No, not really. That's okay. We've got a couple. Um, he's come to live with us in the lead up to Christmas, and the thing the elf does is every night gets up to a bit of mischief or something or does something through the night. Uh, and so here's some examples. Uh, this is him getting stuck, trying to get some lollies. Um, this is him riding our little Lego dog. This is him fishing in our fish tank. And uh, this is my favourite, making a coffee for himself uh, with Elphus on the top there. And look, I would have loved to have brought him in and just sat him there um, today. But one of the things with the elf is you can't touch it. You don't touch the elf or he loses his magic. And so in our house, you know, we all just play along with this. Um, nobody sort of asks questions about how is this possible that this elf can do these things. Uh, we, just, we just kind of suspend our belief and just have some fun with it and just go along with it. And I mention this because I think some people think this is what Christians do with Christmas. All right, these amazing things we, we sing about and read about at Christmas time. Uh, God becoming a man, a virgin having a baby, angels coming to visit people, these miraculous things. And we don't think they're possible a lot of the time because science tells us not possible. Our experience is these things don't happen. And so people kind of think, well, Christians, they must just be playing along with it. Right? They, they're sort of going, let's not touch Christmas or it's going to lose its magic. Let's just play along with it. And I wonder, is, is that what we do? If you're a Christian, is that what you do at Christmas? Do you just suspend your belief and go along with it? Or do you believe these things actually happened? And, and if you do believe they actually happened, how certain are you? If you were challenged about it, how certain would you be? 50-50, maybe, maybe not. 70%, 100% certain? How should we think about Christmas and the things we, we read about at Christmas time? How should we respond to the miraculous that we read about? Well, Luke 1 is here to help us with this. Luke chapter 1. If you've got your Bibles, great to have it open. Words will be on the screen as well. But in the beginning of Luke, what he does is he weaves together these two uh, birth narratives. So the angel Gabriel visits Zechariah and Mary with really good news. They're going to have babies. Not Zechariah, of course. His wife is going to have a baby and Mary's going to have a baby. And look, you know, women having babies, not that miraculous. Uh, the world population ticked over to 8 billion this year. Did you hear that? Don't know how they count it, but it's a lot of people having babies. But what's unusual is... Uh, two types of women having babies is quite unusual and miraculous. The very old having babies and the very young or the virgins having babies. That doesn't happen. And so how do they respond in, in Luke chapter 1? How do they respond to this? Well, they're not naive. Like they know where babies come from. And so when they hear this, they've got some questions. Right? Zechariah asks, how can I be sure of this? For we are old. And Mary asks, how can this be? For I am a virgin. So they ask these questions. What's interesting about these questions is, although they sound very much the same, 
as we read, we see one is good and right and one is wrong. One's good, one is wrong. And it's the difference between these responses that can actually help us and teach us how we ought to respond to these things we read about in the Bible at Christmas time. And so here's the outline for today, just two points for us. The good news announced and the good news response. And in that we're going to see how we ought to respond as we hear these things today. So firstly, the good news announced. Uh, let's start with Zechariah. Uh, the angel Gabriel comes to him. Uh, he is a priest, and so he works in the temple. And uh, his wife is a daughter of a priest, Aaron, who was the first priest. And both of them are righteous people. They're obedient to God's commands. But something was not good in their lives. They were old. They were childless. Now, I know some people today choose not to have children. It's like a lifestyle choice. Uh, but at this time in the first century, you didn't do that. Uh, it was socially and economically devastating for people. And so they were in a bad place. But then Gabriel comes with some really good news. They're going to have a son. Now, even better than that, it's not just an ordinary son. This son would be the Elijah-like prophet who prepares the way for God's saviour king. Have a look at verse 17 here. Gabriel says, And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Can you imagine this? Can you imagine an angel coming to you with this amazing good news? You have a son, a special son in God's purposes in the world. You get this news. How do you respond? How does Zechariah respond? Hold that thought because we're going to go to Mary and see the good news that comes to her as well. Uh, so Gabriel, he's busy around this time. He goes to see Mary as well. And she's a virgin pledged to be married to David. And we're told, oh, sorry, Joseph. Whew, nearly got that wrong. Joseph, he's a descendant of David. Uh, and David is the ideal king of God's people. Joseph is a descendant of him. And so that was the line, the promise was going to come through. And so that's Joseph and Mary. And Gabriel comes to Mary with this good news. She too will have a son, and again, no ordinary son. Her son will be the long-expected saviour king, the son of God, who will rule over God's kingdom forever. This is it. Let's have a look at Luke 1.32. Gabriel says about her son, he will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now look, for those of us who are familiar with the Christmas story, it's, it's quite easy just to miss just the enormity of what is going on here. Like the God who made the universe and all things and gives us life is, is breaking into human history with great power and great purpose He's actually coming, as we heard from, from Hubert, into the womb of Mary to be born as a man. He's come to be the king of God's people and to save them from their sin. Right? You've got to say, this is no everyday event. 
right? God's people had been waiting for this for centuries, and now it's happening. It is happening right now. And so how did they respond? How did Zechariah and Mary respond to this good news? Well, we saw that they both have questions, and we'll put the questions up on the screen here. They look quite similar, don't they? Uh, Zechariah says, how can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. That's a good question. And Mary's is, how will this be since I am a virgin? Now, they might look the same, but it's the way that Gabriel responds to them that shows us one's right and one was wrong. And so firstly, how does Gabriel respond to Zechariah's uh, question here? Well, he is flabbergasted. Don't get to use that word much in sermons. Using it today, flabbergasted. Right? He is just shocked. He can't believe it. This is incredible. Why would he respond this way? All right, it's like he's saying to Zechariah, do, do you know who I am? Do you know where I have come from? Did you, just, did you not hear the message I just gave you? Okay, have a look at verse 19. This is, this is his words. He says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. Right, it tells us there's something wrong with Zechariah's response here. And we might sort of feel sorry for him to sort of get uh, dressed down like this because he's just asking a question. Right, but we've got to see this is no innocent query of Zechariah. It's actually coming from a proud heart of unbelief where he hears the news from God and he questions if God can do that. It sounds too impossible. And God's word to him through Gabriel is just not enough for him. Right? If, if he's going to believe this, God has to do more. And so Zechariah gives us a lesson here in how not to respond to God's word. And so what happens is Gabriel lays this temporal punishment on him uh, for nine months because of his unbelief. He's going to be deaf and mute until the day these things come true and his son is born. So we'll leave Zechariah there just for a minute. We'll come back to him. But what about Mary's response? How is this different? Mary says, how will this be since I am a virgin? Right, sounds the same, but it's not coming from a, a place of unbelief that's questioning, you know, if God can do these things. It's actually coming from a, a humble place a humble place of belief where she accepts the word of God, but she wants to ask, how are you going to do it? How are you going to do this amazing thing, God? And we know it's a good response because Gabriel is not flabbergasted this time. Uh, he knows it's coming from a good place and he, and he gives her an answer. He, he tells her, this is how it's going to happen. Verse 35. says, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Holy, of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Right, so what Mary does here is that she's, she gives us an example of how to respond to God's Word. Right, you, you, when God speaks to you, how do you respond? You believe Him. You believe His words. No matter how impossible it might seem, you believe Him. And it's made clear to us that Mary responded in a good way when she later meets Elizabeth, both of them pregnant, and Elizabeth says this to Mary in verse 45. She said, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfil his promises to her. 
So Mary believed God would do what he said. And this is the difference between their responses. Mary believed God, Zechariah did not. And it's really important that we notice this, because this is what Luke, the author of this gospel, wants us to see. It's why he weaves these stories together. He he wants us to see the good response and and the wrong response. Because Luke knows he's writing about incredible things, amazing things. He even knows, you know, other people have already written about this stuff. I'm going to write about Jesus as well because it's so important. Okay, and, and, and this is what he wants to write. This is why he's writing for us. So we might be certain that these incredible things are true. Luke tells us that at the start of this gospel. Uh, Luke says this, he says, Since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things that you have been taught. And so Luke here is writing to Theophilus in the first place, but also everyone who would read this gospel after him. And what he wants for them is to have certainty about Jesus. And that word certainty, um, it's a great word. Luke uses it again in the book of Acts, which he also wrote. And he uses it there to describe a prison, a prison that is locked and secure, where no one's getting in, no one's getting out. And what he's saying is that he wants people to have that kind of belief in Jesus. A lockdown, secure, 100% certain belief. These things are true and real. And to be sure of that. That's the kind of belief, belief that Luke wants for us. Can you see how that's like a long way from just suspend belief and just play along with it, you know, don't touch it, keep the magic kind of thing? He actually wants something better for us, right? He wants us to believe every word that God says is true, right? To believe Jesus is God who came to earth to be our saviour king, right? To save us from our sin, to believe that with 100% lockdown certainty. Right? Luke, Luke wants this for us. He wants it for everyone, Because this is the happiest and best news in the world. Jesus is our saviour, right? And we need a saviour. You know why? Because we've all responded to God's word like Zechariah. We've all responded like him. Uh, God created all of us to be in, in happy relationship with him and to enjoy him forever. And he speaks to us and tells us these things. And we go, don't believe you. That's, that's not enough for me to believe in you, God. I need more. Right, and unlike Zechariah, uh, the punishment he got was temporal. The punishment that we get for our disbelief is eternal. Right, to be separated from God with no good thing and no escape for eternity. Right, so we need a saviour. More than anything, we need a saviour. And so the good news of great joy that we sing about at Christmas, that we speak about, that we read, is that the Saviour has come. And he came to take the punishment our sins deserve, to die for them so we could be forgiven. And he rose again as Lord over all and forever in God's everlasting kingdom. That is who he is. And Luke 
He knows these things are so good, so important, that he writes for us so we might be 100% certain these things are real and true. Right? To have that response like Mary, to be certain like her, and believe this good news from God. And so as we finish, think about how, how do you respond to the word of God that we hear at Christmas? Because like the angel Gabriel came to them with good news, good news comes to us today in the word of God as we read about it. And how will we respond? Well, we've been told, do not respond like Zechariah. Right? Do not say, God's word is not enough for me. Right? Don't question in unbelief if these things are possible. I, I need more, God. Right, and just, just so we're clear, this doesn't mean we don't ask questions. It's fine to ask questions. Luke himself carefully investigated everything about Jesus. He would have asked questions. What it means is that we, we don't ask questions from a proud heart of unbelief that stands over God and makes expectations of him. Right, rather, we humble ourselves under God, seeking understanding from the things he has revealed in his word. And so I just want to share with you uh, on this point that we do a great course called Christianity Explored where we we look at Jesus, who he is, why he came, why it matters. And in that course, we have question time all the way through over all the four weeks. We love questions. It's so great. But at the end of the course, people often still have more questions about Jesus and, and why he had to die and all that kind of stuff. And so we have this wonderful prayer to give to people to pray as they seek this understanding. I'm going to share it with you now, and this might be a prayer that you would like to pray as well. So it'll be up on the screen here. You pray like this. Dear God, if you are there, please reveal yourself to me. I don't know what I believe about you, but I want to know the truth. I want to understand who Jesus is and if it's right to follow him. Please guide me by your spirit into understanding as I read the Bible. I thank you for your kindness, patience, and love as I do this. Amen. That's a great prayer to pray for people who are just not yet certain about Jesus. Uh, It's that humble prayer that is seeking understanding from him. And if that's you, if you're someone who says, yeah, that's that's a prayer for me, come and let us know or fill out a Connect card and we'd love to help you with that or invite you along to Christianity Explored. Uh, But finally, uh, what is the response that we should have to this word? To believe. Uh, the response that Mary had. When we hear this good news from God, we believe him right, with certainty. Right, these things we talk about might sound impossible. You know, for God to act with such power and to be born as a baby and live among us. But it's such a good thing that our certainty is not based upon things that we think are possible. It's based upon the God who speaks to us who he is and his word is enough for us and nothing is impossible for him so when he speaks to us we can believe every word God says is true and reliable we can believe him with with lockdown secure 100% certainty now back to Zechariah just as we're finishing You'll be pleased to know Zechariah had this response eventually. Okay, he had some time to think. Okay, he was silent for a while. He was thinking. And uh, when his son was born, just like God had said, 
He called him John, just like he had been told. And then what happened? His mouth was opened. And what is the first thing Zechariah did? He praised God. He rejoiced in him. He, he believed the good news. And so he got there in the end. And so how will you respond today? How will you respond? If, if you haven't believed this good news yet, you can believe today. Uh, don't, don't put it off any longer. You can hear this word and believe it today. That can be, that can be for you. And you can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And then for those of us who have believed, this is not your first Christmas, uh, do you believe with certainty? Uh, you can believe with certainty because of the God who speaks to us and the word he speaks. Uh, take hold of it. Uh, lock it down. Be sure of it. And like Zechariah, praise God. Rejoice in this good news of great joy that we celebrate each Christmas. I'll pray now for those things. Would you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful uh, for a time of year like this where we can remember that you, Lord, uh, left your throne in heaven to come to earth to live among us. And Lord, we thank you uh, that you died for our sin and you rose again so we might be forgiven. And we thank you, Lord, for today, the, the response that we have seen uh, that we should have to your word. We pray, Lord, that you would help us to believe and help us to believe with great certainty. And we pray for all those who are not yet certain and thinking about this, Lord. We do pray, lead them to yourself. Uh, help them to know the truth of your word and the reality of your love for us and the future that you have planned. And Father, we do pray today, help us to be those who praise you and who rejoice in the good news of great joy at Christmas. Jesus, our Saviour. And we pray this in his name. Amen.